0: Hi, folks, Steve Urban here, founder and CEO at recruiting firm RiderFlex. If you enjoyed today's guest interview, please give it a like and be sure to subscribe to the RiderFlex podcast. And now a quick word from our sponsor.
1: Try the number one marketing platform for small business. Everything you need from design to marketing to CRM. Learn more at marketing360.com. Marketing 360, fuel your
0: brand. Tim, I love that. I love that hair, bro. What's up? I like that hair. Why, how come I can't have that hair? <laughs> I
1: don't know, man. I mean, the bald look, that's bold. I like it. That's what our CEO, George, that's why we brought him on. You know, we need to have a little bit of variance in the hair.
0: <laughs> that's your CEO, right? Yeah, George. Yeah. 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 He I always see. likes to
1: say he's the bald guy on the team. Uh, he's the gray hair on the team. <laughs> and you you're know? the
0: creative, you're the creative visionary.
1: Um. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I like to invent products. I like to come up with product ideas and solve problems, and that's why I went into engineering. But the idea that formed Stripe Tech Go is really like a culmination of lots of input from many okay. people. So okay. so yeah, it, it was a group effort. So to I speak. love
0: But I love your look. I love your style. Get, talk it. to me talk to me about the young Tim. I want to know uh, parents, siblings, where you grew up. How many times you've been to jail? I don't know oh, anything interesting.
1: I haven't been to jail. Um, <laughs> how far back are we talking here? So, oh, well, uh,
0: parents. Let's start with yeah. Let's start with your parents. What what's going on with them?
1: Yeah. So my parents are also young. My mom had me and my sisters when she would have been in high school. Uh, she actually had my older sister when she was a freshman and dropped out. My dad was in the Marines right out of school. So um, my mom was a Military wife with three kids before she was 18. Wow. Um,
0: okay now can we I just want to pause right here for a second. So it's interesting when I was studying you and looking up all the information and finding photos and videos before the podcast, I saw a picture of your mom with you and your siblings. Mm-hmm. And and I did think I was like, damn, she looks young there. I wonder how old she was there. I did think that when I saw the photo. So yeah,
1: yeah, cool. she was a teen mom. Um And so, you know, that had its own challenges and that, you know, we were very resourceful as a family. Um, Mm -hmm. My dad went from the military to construction and was a laborer for a really long time, got really skilled at it um, and went into carpentry just from going from the construction route. And then he opened up his business, uh, which was a furniture business. So he built custom furniture. Yeah. Oh,
0: oh, wow. Oh, cool. All right. Like a retail or was he wholesaling or both or what was he doing?
1: He was mainly just doing like custom ordered pieces. So he it, we grew up in Kansas. Um in a combination of Lawrence and Gardner, Kansas. Okay. Um that's like the main chunk of my childhood that I remember. And um there's obviously a lot of farmland. Yeah. Like cows, a lot of <laughs> corn, and, you know, a lot of <laughs> Fairly rural, but we were kind of on the edge of rural and, and city. We we're still like 40 minutes from the city, okay. Kansas City, that is. Okay. Um, okay. And so he would go to these farmers who own lots of land. And usually they'd have these old hundred year old barns that were just collapsing, dilapidated on their land at some, somewhere. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, so he would go in and he would talk to them about tearing it down and cleaning it up for free. And he would take all of that wood and then he would turn it into these custom kind of rustic farmhouse looking furnitures very uh, so cool very yeah. cool wow yeah, great great
0: thing. idea great idea did he did he also have a pension coming from from the military did he do his 20 or no
1: no um he did not so okay. he okay. Went, he got out pretty much right away when he as the first chance he got um, okay. Okay. and went into carpentry the okay. yeah and the business itself was almost like a necessity because it was i you think know, this was 2008 Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. And my dad yeah. was working construction. He was actually um, in the union, working lots of jobs. But then they just laid him off, and we had just bought a house, actually. Oh. So lots of turmoil there. So he just was basically an instant business owner. Like he just started
0: How about trying
1: that? to find odd jobs. He was a handyman, so he was just like, I'll build anything for anyone, and he put ads out on. Yeah, just Craigslist and Facebook cool. at the time. Cool. cool. And then we also were fairly involved with the church at the time. So he okay. just started getting handyman jobs
0: and started building furniture. And he, by was, the way, there, 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 there. there's an inspirational story for the listeners. 2008 economy's crashing. You get laid off and you're in construction. So instead of just sitting on the couch and feeling sorry for himself, he gets creative, starts doing odd things somehow comes up with the idea to go out to farmers and take wood from their old barns. Love it. Love it. Yeah. yeah, Love it. Really, Love really it.
1: cool. Lots of inspiration from like my family's very small business oriented. Okay. Um, I remember like, I would think I was like 12 or 13 at the time. Um, and so I was doing a lot. I was going on, I was putting up fences, laying sidewalk, building porches. I was, I was with my dad on a lot of those, a lot of those jobs actually helping him out.
0: Is he still alive?
1: Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep.
0: All right. Are they still married?
1: They're not still married.
0: They're not still married.
1: No, no. They wow. got divorced when I was in high school.
0: Oh, tough, tough. tough. How old were you? Were you like sophomore and junior?
1: I was a senior in high school. So I think I was old enough to have had relationships and had them not end well and, and kind of re- understand the concept of like, yeah, someone might not be right for you and it might be better to actually be apart and find the right person, um, which okay. So it wasn't too bad. I think it, it hit my little sister a little bit harder because she, she was, young, was yeah, cause younger. Yeah. Because what was she like? A,
0: was she a freshman or where was she?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, she was just yeah. a little bit younger to where it, I think, is a little bit less understandable.
0: Yeah. Bomber. Uh, is are your parents remarried?
1: Uh, my mom is engaged and that, to a great guy. His name is Jesse. Um, and then my dad is also engaged. So yeah, they're not remarried yet, but they're both have found
0: other people. And how about both- that? Uh, all yeah, right. Very after, good. Yeah. Very good. What kind of kid were you? Were you a rebel? Were you like, you know, was at the library and reading Bible verses every day. Were you, <laughs> where, where were you in there?
1: <laughs> um, interesting mix of things. I wouldn't say that I was, I was early, early, years like middle school i was fairly involved in the church but then high school i started to become rebellious um and move away from that so a little bit of both okay Yeah.
0: all right yeah. all right what uh, by the way what religion uh church christianity what? yeah i know i know but i mean baptist assembly of god pentecost what 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 was that? i was curious
1: Oh, I don't even know if I'm being <laughs> honest, it, it, Christianity was Christianity. It didn't really put a label on it. It was fairly, okay. Okay. I would say more modern church.
0: Was um, that one of the reasons your parents drifted apart? One of them was more religious than the other. Just curious. And I have a reason for that question, by the way.
1: No, no. Okay. I wouldn't okay, say okay, so.
0: okay. Yeah. Reason, reason I'm asking that question is because I grew up in Oklahoma, coincidentally, uh, right next to Kansas. And, uh, that was one of the pieces that split my parents up. One of them wanted mm-hmm. to be religious and my, my dad didn't, he didn't give a shit. So <laughs> yeah, I can see that being a little challenging, a little challenging. Yeah. A little yeah. challenging. What's your, uh, what'd your mom do? I, by the way, I, I know she raised three kids, but did she, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anything else?
1: She was a stay at home mom for a lot of her life. I mean, she, I mean, from 14 on, you know, but yeah, bro.
0: yeah seriously. When
1: when my dad was starting his business, she was also helping him out with it. Um, primarily running a lot of the outreach okay. online, trying to communicate with people. And then she would make her own stuff. So we're a very yeah. creative family. She likes to build things. So she was making actually like curtains and uh, hand towels for kitchens. And yeah. like, she got her own little um, screen print machine. How about and that? Got a sew. so she was making all that. So like, she would make all of. A lot of our clothes growing up because we didn't have a lot of money so i really would, she would take her old hand-me-downs and cut them up and put and like make clothes for us but there my dad would like hand whittle toys so so that's just how my family has always been is like just create things Love and it. Love um, it. very very crafty diy before diy was like a huge thing <laughs> um and so yeah she would sell those on craigslist and um i don't even know if facebook marketplace was a thing
0: uh... but- Probably not. Probably not. But okay, very cool. EBay, that,
1: I think was the other one. Uh,
0: yeah. You know, just you describing what you went through there as a kid and your parents. I mean, that all that all had an effect on you, right? Because you got the entrepreneurial bug, you got the creative juices, the build thing, make make things. All of that filtered down from from your parents, which is wonderful, because your mom was so young. Were your grandparents involved? Either grandparents involved in like helping or anything.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were a big part of helping us out. In fact, um, there are times when we would move back in with my grandma, she had a, she had a duplex that she would rent out the other half on uh-huh. both sides. And then she would also have basically an apartment area in the basement. So oh, okay. we would, at times, move in for like a year mm-hmm. to like kind of get back out there, get back on our feet or whatever mm-hmm. we needed to. So she was very helpful And providing that for us
0: isn't it so interesting tim how when people see when people surface level see you tim oh founder of stride tech if you looked at your linkedin for 30 seconds and you looked at the website most people would think oh, yeah, he probably came from a trust fund, and he went to a big school that got paid for, and his his dad gave him some money to start the company. I mean, most people would make that assumption early on, on the surface, right? Yeah. And uh, that's totally not the story. <laughs> no, not even close. Yeah, Not I mean, even close. Not even close.
1: The other side, for sure. I mean, school, I got scholarships to cover. it. That's the only reason why I could go. Um, and then yeah. from there, I feel like, yeah, people see the, especially a lot of people you know around here too like I went to CU Boulder it's very expensive it's like fairly expensive school right yeah yes yes it's it's out of state too so the cost of tuition is fairly substantial um
0: they just assume they 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 just just assume assume that
1: oh yeah Yeah. you're an out-of-state you know white guy you know um (laughs) here at CU Boulder like every single other person that wasn't a similar situation to me. Like for the most part, yeah, they had family who were able to,
0: I, I know, by the way, I live for like 40 minutes from Boulder. So, and I know lots of people in Boulder and many of the entrepreneurs there have been on the podcast. So yeah, you're absolutely right. What you just described. So, yeah. um, before we, so all of the story you're telling really fits into kind of what you're doing for a living now. But, um, I just want to ask really quick, uh, when you went to school, when you went to CU, is that when you kind of let loose uh, a little bit and kind of kind of got a little wild and maybe partied a little bit more than Kansas? Or, or were you already a little bit having fun in high school?
1: I, I would say I was already having a little bit of fun in high school. Um, <laughs> yeah. I actually had to cut back a little bit my first year in college because I went a little bit too overboard in high school and got a citation. Uh, so yeah, I, I had to, I had the luxury of having monthly drug tests for the first year of my college experience. Oh
0: shit. Now what, now why was that? Was that like, a? is that what happens? Is that the penalty monthly, monthly testing? How does that work?
1: That was how Kansas works, this, their system. Um, so oh, it's wow. just something called diversion. It's oh, like wow. for people who are underage. And um, it's just a way to get it off your record if you just go through their system, which is usually six, 12 months of drug tests and then like 12 hours
0: of, yeah. Um, you know, it, <laughs> classes. Isn't, it, isn't it crazy? So my wife and I, right now, right now, today, I'm setting in Oklahoma because we had to come down here for some family stuff. But anyway, coming from Colorado, we were driving through Kansas, of course. Got to go through Kansas to get to Colorado, pretty much. Yeah. Anyway, we're in the truck. We have a travel trailer behind us. We we get into Kansas. And somehow, I can't remember how, Kim's... Oh, I remember what it was. We were talking about my mom, who's having a lot of pain. And I said, have you talked to mom about trying some cannabis for the pain Mm. she's going through? And we were talking about cannabis. And Kim, my wife's like, you know, we have, like, there's there's cannabis in the truck and we have cannabis in the truck and, you know, we're in Kansas right now. And I'm like, yeah, I guess that's right. I kind of yeah. forgot. We're in- <laughs> yeah. You have to be careful. I think
1: it's medically illegal in Missouri now though.
0: That's what I heard. That's what I heard. Yeah. yeah. Kansas is still a little bit behind. Okay. So anyway, so you are having a good time in college and then you kind of, what, your, your sophomore junior year, you're like, okay, I need to, I need to chill a little bit.
1: Yeah. I mean, so to speak, um, I got more involved with the school and was fairly busy. Um, okay. not that I didn't let loose and, you know, once you <laughs> turn 21 in Boulder, there's a lot to do, but, um, yeah, yeah I mean, I still graduated <laughs> I got, you, uh, in four years, so I didn't get held back or any of that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So good. All right. So, what happens talk to me you did did you talk to me about the your, your story with your grandmother but how it ties into what walk, walk us into it
1: go for it okay so this is the founding story the starting yeah. story of stride tech medical yeah. 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 Uh, there's definitely a few things that came together um and i'll talk a little bit about stuff that isn't as predominantly mentioned um okay. but like i mean the number one thing is my grandma right Like, we had right. talked about how she was really, really supportive of us growing up um, and was a big part of that. So, you know, she was, you know, someone that we had really cared about in our family and she started to have strokes. Um, She has type two diabetes and, you know, just if I'm being honest, I wasn't really very good at taking care of herself um, in general.
0: Okay.
1: Um, Her health, at least early on. And so she started having strokes like fairly early in life, like in her sixties. Um, and started to it seemed like each stroke, she would lose something, you know, just lose something about herself. Um, and Mm -hmm. when she started to lose her mobility, that was like kind of the point of like drastic decline. Like she still had a lot of things, even though she would lose stuff with each stroke, it was her mobility that really like tanked her motivation. Um, yes. And she started using a walker and she had some falls, and so Basically, she wasn't even getting up or like going anywhere um, or doing anything. And she was still having issues, like even with her walker. So that just kind of, I wouldn't say that like at this moment I knew. Like my, we still thought, you know, and I think most people think a walker is a good thing. Like, oh, like just it'll be there if you fall, like it'll be helpful in your mobility. Mm-hmm. Like, no one really understands unless you're like a physical therapist. that using a walker incorrectly can be bad. It it can cause more harm than good. It can cause falls.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This is the realization
1: I I came to down the road. Right. So how did I get there?
0: Mm.
1: One I was in engineering school and working on projects and I got the opportunity to work on a project for Medline, which if you're not familiar, Medline is like a big medical device manufacturer and distributor. They sell everything from like bedpans to band-aids. Okay. Um, and they were asking an engineering team at CU Boulder. I was part of a club called design for America. They're asking um, design for America to redesign the Walker. And so I was like, cool. I can, yes. You're like, yes. About yes. What's going on. Yeah. I'll volunteer. <laughs> so I, I led that team um, for a semester and we redesigned the Walker. And we, I, in that process, I was a, I talked to a bunch of physical therapists, I talked to a bunch of like people who make walkers, people who use walkers, family members of people who use walkers, you know, that process Mm -hmm. of just like Mm -hmm. really understanding all of the stakeholders and each user to be able to develop a solution. And the problem of unsafe walker use or incorrect walker use causing more harm than good and causing more falls kept coming up. And so I knew Mm -hmm. that this was a big problem that needed solved. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we designed what we called the reciprocating rollator. Um, and basically it was a combination of an elliptical and a walker. So each side can kind of move independently of each other. Um, and what this does is it allows arm swing while you're using your Walker, which arm swing is actually really, really important for balance. Um, so that was the project for Medline. We submitted it, Um, we actually got to go to the Medline headquarters in Chicago which was really cool. cool. They flew us all out there. We got to present in front of their R and D department and even their executive team was there. Like we got to meet their CEO and CTO and all that. Nice. Um, And we were talking to them about, you know, how long will it take for something like this to be implemented? Like, what's the timeline? They're like, Oh, like five to 10 years. Like this is class one medical device. And at the time I was like, wow, that's such a long time. Um, now i kind of understand a little bit more uh, after, <laughs> after doing it for three and a half years um but i was like wow like, this is such a big problem and um i wanted to continue to work on it like mostly because my grandma was having issues with this exact problem and also like that project was medline so i couldn't go do anything with it they owned the ip in fact they they got a patent for it and i'm I'm i was just about to
0: ask okay Uh, you're on the patent you're on the patent. yeah
1: so yeah i'm on i'm on the patent as an inventor um one of i believe six or eight people um that were on the team um and you're not going
0: to get any royalties from it you're not going to get paid on any of that though
1: i didn't know that was a that was a school thing Um, okay all right and yeah unfortunately did you get the prototype
0: what it was it was a prototype given to your grandmother
1: no, um, wow. we weren't able to get, like, that was their IP. And okay. so okay. they, All right. All it,
0: right. yeah,
1: Medline took that. And so I was like, but this is why like, I, I started Stratech, right? Cause I still needed to solve this problem. Gotcha. And yeah. I knew like Medline that's 5, 10 years down the road. And also like, I want to solve this for my now. So I basically took the same problem, the same problem, which okay. was unsafe walker use, causing falls, causing injury. And I brought it to my next engineering class. So I was an engineering plus student, which basically is a very broad engineering degree. So the the engineering degree allowed me to be able to take a bunch of project classes. Um, And so I took the problem statement that I had just found out with my previous project with Medline to a class, built a team, built a prototype. And basically what we had come up with was an idea to attach technology to someone's walker that can detect how well they're using it and provide feedback in order to safely use the walker and great vision that was where
0: the, great yeah, that great was where vision
1: the attachment came in because we knew that like developing a whole walker would be really hard because it's a class one medical device so just put an attachment to someone's walker they don't have to buy a new one okay. and at the time we were actually trying to predict fall risk at the very beginning, that's still like something that we anticipate doing down the road, but it's really, really hard to do. Um, So we were like gonna detect basically gate speed. Um, And we spent a semester building that out. And then we talked to like a bunch of physical therapists and basically, so this project was started in my sophomore year undergrad. And I took it through probably about four or five classes over the next three years. All right. Two and a half years. All
0: right. All right.
1: Um, bunch of different engineering classes, bunch of different, uh, business marketing classes. Um, and the idea and everything was developed through all of that. Um, to the point where my senior year, uh, I, w- I was doing stride tech for my senior capstone and, for the engineering, and we decided to present our business during the new venture challenge.
0: I so, see. There you go. Okay. Yeah. So that's was there, where, was there already? Was there already a business formulated or an LLC or any? Was there anything? Okay.
1: No. You at just this had, point, you... it was a lot of different projects. So I had I a see. lot of different I people. You know, one okay. class would be one I team. See. One I class see. would be another okay. team. All right. Um, so I made sure to be clear, like this is for a grade, not for the company and. Uh, Got it. Um, I did form a company once I graduated. Okay. Um,
0: but anyway, you pitch, you pitch for, uh, what'd you say it was?
1: New Venture Challenge.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, it's it's a just university pitch competition, like five minutes right. to pitch a business, five, five yep. minutes of Q&A with a panel of judges. But this was a actually really, really big competition at CU. There's over 400 companies that can apply or that did apply and compete. Ooh. Ooh. And... All you need is a buff one card, which is your student ID card, to compete. So it was PhD students, it was professors, mm. Mm. and we were a team of undergrads. Um, yes, I've been working on it for some time, but I was mainly working on the technology um, and not as much on the business. So I, we, we felt like we'll just do it and see what happens. Like, yeah, why not? Why not? We didn't even think we were going to make it to like some of the final rounds, and then we won. <laughs>
0: The whole, <laughs> um, uh, you're like, hey man, I can go on Shark Tank now. I'm ready. I got yeah, to get yeah. this down.
1: <laughs> Which, oh man, that was that was a wild time. Just so, was there
0: prize money? Cool. Was there what? What was the what was the prize for for that?
1: It was a hundred thousand dollars.
0: What and was that a hundred thousand 000... dollars? Who'd that go to? Because there's no entity form. There's no company. Who does it go to?
1: we before we competed in the final round um no that's not true sorry it was after we got the money but we didn't get the money we told them don't give us the money and so we form an entity
0: good so idea <laughs> yeah, yeah good idea because because it might have gotten messy <laughs> yeah.
1: in fact um... i believe it was a requirement of like
0: Oh, the program they that's, were, they were, that's I mean, okay yeah 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 that's yeah. now now that sounds right all right so then mm-hmm. you're like you then you go to how do you decide there was a bunch of people that worked on it how do you decide who your co-founders are going to be or your partners or how did you how did you decide all that? Well
1: I have some great people that I worked with um and you know for the most part if you did it while you were in a class with me that was for the grade and all of that so um, the people that I kept on, were the people that had come with me through the different classes? There were actually a few that did. So, Hamsini Acharya, she's our chief research officer. She comes from the mm-hmm. academic research side of things. Um, she has like a concentration in like neuromechanics, like crazy sciencey stuff. I saw, that...
0: her, I saw I saw her on the on one of the YouTube videos. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. 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 So she is um she was from the very first engineering class i took so she took multiple classes with me over the next two and a half years gotcha um and so like yeah that was like an obvious one and same thing with um he isn't a part of the company anymore it was an amicable thing. Um, he went to go teaching, What his name was Max Maxwell Watrous. Um, he also stayed with me throughout multiple classes. Okay. And so he okay. was one of the co-founders at the very beginning as well. I got you. All right. And then Andrew Plum, who's our CTO right now, he was at, he was only participating in senior design, which was two semesters. But he just was very, very impressive from his, his technical skills. Like I knew okay. we needed him. Um,
0: you're like, hey man! Team. You're you're like, hey man! I need, I need you to come on, man! Yeah, come on! So come that on. was that was the
1: <laughs> team, you know that 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 was who we went on. We all graduated, all Um, right. and then we started the company with that hundred thousand dollars. About the congratulations.
0: Which, let's just let's just take a pause right there. I mean, congratulations, bro! Thank I mean, you. you graduated college. You got your team. You got the hundred grand. You got the initial concept, uh, and, and the prototype was what you presented, or did you just present the idea? Or was the prototype there?
1: We had a prototype at the time.
0: Okay. But it was okay, but I mean, that's a, that's a, Yeah, I understood. But still, that's a major accomplishment. Okay. So mm-hmm. then, after celebrating for a few nights and getting hammered, then you wake up the next – then you wake up, and you're like, oh, shit, okay, now now what do we do?
1: <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, a, little, a lot of, like, well, because. We didn't even realize that we were going to be starting this business because, I mean, like I said, like, I didn't have the money or the means to be able to launch a medical device business um, right after college. Like I was going to go into the workforce for a while, Yeah, you know, pay off my student loans, come up with an idea on the side, you know, that that was the plan. And now I'm just going right into the business part. Um, so it's definitely very nerve wracking. Uh, yeah, you think, you
0: think? And,
1: <laughs> yeah a lot of conversations around you know how how do we survive how do we pay ourselves (laughs) all Uh, that how do we talk about the business who owns how much of the business
0: yeah yeah no no when you when you took the hundred grand you didn't the cap table wasn't decided with who owns what percentage yet or you did do that like right in there somewhere
1: we did that all around that same time like we didn't get the money in the bank until after that had been decided
0: Good idea. Good idea. Okay. Yeah, very good. (laughs) All right. So the 100 grand doesn't last very long. Um, How much? um, Mm -hmm. How much? Well, let's do this first. Let's do this real quick. Right now, as of today, if you had to give me the three-minute elevator pitch, as the company stands today, as the product stands today, if you were pitching it on a commercial right now, give it to me. Give it to me. All right.
1: So at Stride Tech Medical, um, we have created an attachment to walkers that can turn any walker into a smart walker. And our goal here is to prevent falls. Very
0: good. That's the 45 second elevator pitch. Very, very, very good. And does the company only make that product just for a walker? How many products are there?
1: That is our product. It's called Stride Tech Go. And yeah, it attaches to the walker. It can detect Um, how well someone is using it, which basically breaks down into two things. One is weight distribution. So how much weight is being placed through the walker handles. And then the other one is body position. So how far away they are from the walker frame. And what we do is we have sensors that can detect those things. And when we detect an unsafe position or weight bearing we provide immediate feedback so this is a vibration feedback it's kind of like your phone vibrating on the handles of the walker and then an led light will go from green to red so you are just immediately alerted and reminded to step into your walker frame stand upright Um, these are the most important things on using your walker correctly Um, most people don't realize this but yeah like they're using their walkers as a crutch are putting too much weight on it. And then that builds a dependence, right? That builds a lot mm. of injury. Mm. And um, then also if the walker too far away, what's going to happen if you do fall mm. is it's just going to roll away from you. Is it's it not going to actually catch you.
0: Is it too far away? And there's too much weight being put on it forward because of arthritis in the back of the neck back and the neck. And they're just automatically leaning forward. Most people that age.
1: Yeah. Um, there isn't. The, the thing is, People are typically explained, like taught how to use a walker by a physical therapist, like when they first get it. Okay. But most people, yeah, they either forget or they're never really formally taught. And they're, so there's a lot of just assumptions being made on how to use a walker. So yeah, a lot of people will push it too far away and they, they will hunch over and, but it's very different for each person, right? Like correct walker use uh, for someone, Oh, it's very different than someone else. So I that see. was a big problem that we ran into early on with the technology. So uh, I can talk a little bit more about how we figured that out. Go for um, it. Give us. Give but, me the
0: short version. Yeah, go for it. Because I'm curious. Because um, I know, and the reason I think that's important for the listeners, especially if somebody's interested in an investing or the product, is because all of the elderly, they are humped shaped, walk. They're all. They're all different, right? So yep. yeah,
1: talk. To yep. you. Yep. And so, yeah, you know, those two things, very important weight distribution and distance, and that's what we're detecting. And for someone, a lot of weight would be still considered correct, whereas someone that same amount of weight would be considered incorrect. So Mm
0: -hmm.
1: what we did was we first decided to start categorizing what does correct and incorrect walker use look like from our data, compare that to industry standards, Compare that with experts to make sure that our device is actually detecting the right thing, uh, which okay. is walker use. And No one's ever done this before, so no one wow. has ever quantified wow. walker use. It is you couldn't just been.
0: Google it. You, you couldn't just Google that and it just no, pops up. No. There, there
1: was no research on it. it was like you know all qualitative. Like physical therapists will verbally tell you, "Hey, step closer to your walker frame." Like they will verbally like explain and demonstrate how to use your walker correctly. Mm. So no one's put a number to it. About and that? that's what we were trying to do. That was a big part of mm, the last mm. three years of R&D mm. was collecting the data necessary on, in order to do this. Um, and we're pretty excited that we were able to prove that we can detect walker use. Um, How about that? We have a partnership with Bradley Davidson, who's a Denver university um, researcher, he runs this lab called the biomechanics lab at DU. And he let us use their motion capture system, like their multimillion dollar, like motion, you know, when you have like all the dots on oh. like a tight shirt and okay. it can like basically very precisely sense your movements.
0: Okay.
1: We did that. We had our device, we had someone with our device, you know, collecting data and then someone using the motion capture. and. When compared with that, our device is 95% accurate.
0: How about and that? Now, By the way, did, did you have to pay that guy to use the machine? Did he get equity? How'd you build that relationship? What can you share?
1: He is partnered with us and we're going to be applying to grants. So that's a big part of what he wants to work with us on because he's a researcher. So he likes to, he wants to apply to grants, get I grant see. funding and do research. Okay. Like that's his okay. whole job. So okay. we're like basically helping him in some ways because we're providing the content or like the problem for the grant research and, and we actually Humsini wrote the grant and he's a co um he's a co-investigator on it so he he helped us write the grant as well and we submit it you know to the various you know NIH NIA um like government grants and if we get one then we get to do a full research, um, with him and his PhD students and in the lab. Um, and so, yeah, we're working on that together. He, okay. he, when we get the grant, we'll get paid and the lab will get paid for that.
0: I see. I see. By the way, go. for the listeners, stridetechmedical.com stridetechmedical.com mm-hmm. Um, you can go to their website. Also some good YouTube videos as well. Um, Tim, how much money have you raised? Total, how much are you in a new current raise at all? Talk, mm-hmm. Is there any message I guess you want to give to potential investors?
1: Yes, yes, there, there's a few things. Well, we've raised close to $400,000 since we've started the company. Okay. Um, we are currently fundraising. Um, a lot of the initial investment was from like uh, just a pre seed friends and family um, round, George our CEO came in and and helped um, with that, bringing in quite a bit. Um, And then now we're starting a new raise on an equity crowdfunding platform. Okay. Uh, It's called StartEngine. And equity crowdfunding is kind of a new thing. It was like only available within the last like six or seven years or so, Mm -hmm. um, where investing in a startup company used to be just for people with means people who made above a certain income were allowed to invest in startups. And the SEC changed the regulations about eight years ago um, around this to where it opened it up for more people, which I, I really, really like that because my family, I mean, we're business oriented people, but we weren't deemed worthy because we didn't have the (laughs) means to do so. Um, (laughs) But we are perfectly capable of assessing a business and investing in it. So I really like that change um, personally. Yeah. And wonderful. so well, yeah, wonderful. I love the concept of equity crowdfunding. So anyone can
0: yeah, tell every, tell, everybody, tell everybody real quick for the listeners, just in case they don't know how the equity crowd crowdfunding works, go for it.
1: Yeah. So it is just like, you know, any other crowdfunding that you've heard of, Kickstarter, things like that, except instead of giving money for like swag or a product, you know, six months from now um, you're getting equity. So you're actually purchasing equity in the company. um, And it's, the minimum investment is $250. So it's very accessible. um, And this is just a chance to be able to get into like an early stage company. I mean, being honest here, this is like a high risk, high reward.
0: Do, investment totally.
1: decision that's just yeah. the way it works when you're investing that's in startups yeah. but it's kind of deciding to be able to invest in something at this stage
0: when are you launching this equity crowdfunding and when when is that live when can i go to it when can i when can i do something
1: it's live right now you and can how do i find to, it what's
0: uh yeah how, go to what
1: yeah you can go to startengine.com backslash stride dash tech dash medical and you'll find it or you can go to our website StrideTechMedical.com, and at and the very top you know there's an there's a uh you can i think the button says like invest now or learn more to invest or something along those lines and so yeah those will all take you to our crowdfunding page there's a video there's a long description it goes over our business plan our current traction all kinds of stuff um Love it. Love the it. research testing we've been doing all kinds of stuff so take a look at that give us a follow um so what happens if you follow us is we post weekly updates to our campaign page telling cool. people where we're at with the business what's going on and so you'll actually get notified when we're updating. Um, those people who follow us. So yeah, take a look, follow, invest if you're interested.
0: Very good, man. Okay. How many people involved in the company right now do you want to give us, I don't know if you want to share revenue, but how many people employed, Uh, give us an idea of the size of the company, where are you at?
1: So right now we have
0: four full-time employees and then we have for part-time employees okay great okay now now yeah, you know yeah. when the crowdfunding is over and you get to cash and you need to hire a bunch of people you got to go through recruiting firm riderflex which we own to hire all the new people you know that's part of the deal for you to be on the podcast right did we tell you that ahead of time yeah <laughs> we're aware we're aware and, and we, we will be looking to hire people nah, with some nah. of i'm just joking um, you buddy just joking you <laughs> um um are you um are you also taking uh, additional angel investors and stuff now, or you're not, you're not no, none of that right now?
1: All investment can go through that. Um, we've had some large check sizes come through. I mean, 20, 50 K check sizes come through the platform. In fact, if you're above 20 K, we can go through start engine or you can let us know, and we can go through start engine and waive all of the fees and everything. So that it goes all right into the company. Good to uh-huh. know.
0: Good, good to yeah. know. Um, one of the things I would be asking as an investor right away, and I'm sure you've gotten this question a million times already is what else? Like talk to me like, okay, well that that's cool. That we got this product for the Walker, but are you going to be a product company? Are you going to launch other product? What's I'm sure you're getting this from investors, big time investors. So what, yeah. what's your answer, yeah. Tim?
1: I'll- The product is definitely, or at least the technology I've described is just the beginning um, when it comes to even just what it's capable of. So like I said, no one's collected this data before. That's the one thing is working on managing that data is like where where we can unlock so much value. Um, So I don't think I've talked about this yet, but we do have an app that we're developing that goes, connects to the device and it can... It'll have a nice little dashboard. We have different versions that we're developing for different stakeholders, like a healthcare professional. So oh. this would be like a physical therapists using it with their patients for training, oh, boy. they can see their oh. patient data. They can see how they're progressing. They can use that for documentation for insurance purposes. Well,
0: now you're a SaaS um, company. Now you're a SaaS company in a day. Now we're a SaaS company,
1: recurring revenue, exactly.
0: Uh, now now you now you got my attention for sure yeah
1: (laughs) yeah we're not just hardware Uh, Uh, We
0: okay
1: reoccurring revenue potential on multiple fronts you know think about family members think about like me and my mom who want to check Uh, in on our grandma we can just open up the app and see yep she used her walkers today this is how many minutes she's been active she you know we we like to use a green yellow red stoplight style graphic to showcase that yeah they're doing okay and then if they're not if they're in the yellow or they're in the red then we can Mm. just give them a call and check in and see how they're doing um or we can even set up alerts that will automatically tell you like hey if there's you know been over two hours of inactivity and the middle of the day send an alert if there's um, a high about amount of nightly activity, which can be a concern, and we can send an alert. Or Dude, if Walker tipped over, yeah. so we have all of these different things in the works from an app standpoint. That will just—we don't even have to really have new products in the pipeline from a hardware perspective. We have love products it. in the pipeline from a software love it, love it, love it, first per- perspective. Yes,
0: love it, love it, love it. Okay, that is all great information. Very good. It is. Mm-hmm stridetechmedical.com I want to ask you a couple of questions here as we get close to wrap up. You've now had many conversations with elder elderly people, I'm sure. Many, right? Many. You you've 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 a guy your age the last three years has hung around senior citizens more than most people your age. Is that fair oh, to absolutely. say? Yes.
1: Yeah. Very fair. <laughs>
0: fascinating right I mean isn't it, it the stories that you have been told because I'm just gonna guess you can't go to Mary who is 82 and ask her to use this walker unless you're sitting down with her for about an hour and a half and listening to whatever she wants to talk about and stories she wants to tell
1: uh, yeah yeah big time <laughs> our testers are fantastic people we love like all of our testers we meet with them weekly usually and cool. They like to talk her ears off and we're happy to hear because they have so much to say and a lot of really neat, interesting life experiences.
0: Bingo right there. You just took the words right out of my mouth. You know, they may not know how to use Facebook properly. They may not be able to figure out their new Android phone, but when it comes to overall life experiences, especially when it comes to experiences dealing with people or relationships, elderly people can teach you a lot. If you'll just listen, you know, and ask the right questions because they've seen it all when it comes to people and things like that, seen it all. And so Mm -hmm. often, so often they're kind of discarded, you know, a little bit because, you know, you try to show them the new tech gadget and they can't figure it out or they get confused or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then people are like, Oh, they don't know anything Yeah, Well just talk to them about people and relationships. You can learn a lot.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, I've definitely learned a lot. They've helped. I think they take on a little bit of like a parental, like grandparental, like <laughs> role with me and my co-founders a lot of the time, which is fantastic.
0: Sure. That's great. Um,
1: they've, yeah, I've learned some really interested I have some good stories if you if we have time to hear any of them but
0: uh i want i want you to share give me a give me a really good one because it's so interesting we're talking about this because just two days ago i bought the reason i'm down in oklahoma uh is because i bought some rental property down here and the guy i bought it from uh his daughter anyway i bought it from his daughter anyway the dude was 84 years old uh mm-hmm. who originally owned it and he came out he came out of the back room i didn't know he was back there he came into the office he's 84 and he he sat down and talked to us for about a half hour and it, it was like a history lesson i mean i was just it was like i was watching the history channel and i was just blown away by his stories and what he was telling me and i was just like okay i could i could crack open a beer and listen to this guy for another hour and a half
1: oh yeah yeah <laughs> give me All a good
0: right. one give me, give me a good one
1: it's hard to say i'm gonna rapid fire a few have you ever been to the sink on the hill in boulder
0: no, I maybe I have, but I no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, it's a really cool restaurant. Everyone loves it there. It's got okay.
1: all these like really eclectic, like unique cartoon characters all over the walls, like completely. There isn't an inch uncovered in the entire restaurant, even the ceiling. Okay. Completely covered oh. with cool. this really cool art. And I met the owner of that restaurant at Carolon, which is a local senior living facility that we were doing testing at, and um one super cool just to know that he built that but apparently all of those paintings like he was a reason for him he saw a painter who was like kind of like a vagabond homeless man kind of like character you see those a lot in boulder yeah um walking around and he must have had some sort of painting or or something and, and he invited him in for food and he asked him like hey can can you do something with these walls and he would come in and get food and he would sit across from someone and he would paint them. He would paint them as a caricature on the wall and he created this like really incredible, elaborate mural. Um, Such a fantastic place. I would highly recommend going to the sink on the hill in Boulder. Very cool. I had one guy that we met with who was um locker mates with jackie robinson
0: what yeah <laughs> oh, yeah oh um, man okay yeah that's cool i have <laughs> i have
1: a, quite a long list of very cool characters. yeah you
0: don't know you know you should you should uh you should have some of them you should have like a, on your playlist on your youtube channel you should have like mm-hmm. a little playlist of, of some of your some of your testers and let them tell stories that'd be cool
1: yeah that would be really cool actually someone would really like that because they that all would tell great good. stories i had one that was a salesman who gave me a lot of great tips
0: fact, <laughs> he and- made me
1: sell him he was like oh he did he was teaching me he, he was a tester and he was like no i'm not here to do this for free you got to sell this to me <laughs> I was just like they're to uh, collect like data, like uh, oh, good. really? Like this is happening right now. You want me to, to sell this to you? Like this is kind of a prototype. mean he's like, "Don't say that. If you want to sell it, don't, don't say that. It's a prototype. This is a product.
0: This is so <laughs> yeah. good, man. It's so good. oh my friend, thank you so much for sharing all of this, Tim. um I want, I guess, one last question here because we're we're really out of time. One last question: If you could put your Core purpose in life into a sentence. If you could define it right now, what is it? What does it sound like? If you had to de- describe your core purpose,
1: it's hmm. a really good question. Overall, I would say all-encompassing um, core purpose. Did you say one word, or can I be a little bit more? Yeah,
0: sentence. Yeah, yeah, sentence. Yeah, go for it. Or sentence, two.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um. I would say my my core purpose is to be in a position where I can support my family and get them into a place where we don't have to worry or struggle financially, which is a big reason for entrepreneurship, right? I mean, I could work as an engineer and make six figures and be able to save for 20 years and retire comfortably myself, but I am working to build... Um, something that will support my sisters and my mom and for generations and not have to struggle the way that we did growing up. So that's, that's my core purpose.
0: Very good, my friend. Excellent. Thank you, Tim, for being on the Rider Flex podcast and sharing your story. Yeah. Thank you for having me.